Well, Happy New Year. It is officially 2023. Can you believe that? And it is good to be in the Lord's house today. This morning to start the year, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3 together. And if you would, stand with me in honor of God's word. Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 14 this morning. Last Sunday was Christmas morning. And we looked at a text out of the Old Testament. It was a prayer that God told Moses to tell Aaron to have the priests pray over the children of Israel. And it was, it was a prayer of blessing. And it was the fact that God would, would bless them, that the Lord would keep them, that He'd give them peace, that His, His face would shine upon them. And this morning, as we look at Ephesians chapter 3, this is a, a New Testament version of a very similar prayer. So that was a, a prayer by the priests, and this would be a prayer, if you would, by Paul that he prays over the people that are in Ephesus. Now, people believe that Paul wrote this letter. They believe that he was in a Roman prison when he wrote these letters. And so you can imagine the Apostle Paul in, in this circumstance, thinking about the people in Ephesus, many of whom he had led to the Lord. He is writing this letter to guide their faith, to instruct them on their homes, their marriages, and the church. And towards the end of, of chapter 3, he writes these words. So verse 14, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So immediately by his body posture, we know that Paul is on his knees. Now, whether literally as he writes this or figuratively, in his mind, his heart, he is, he is bowed before the Lord, and he says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be fulfilled with all the fullness of God. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance to be in your house this morning. Lord, what a great way to start our year. Uh, here, Lord, with music like we just heard, or we are undone by your grace and by your mercy. Father, thank you for the newness of, of, a, of a day like today and a year like this year. And Lord, we commit it to you. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. And as we start this year, that we'd start with the right frame of mind and the right mindset. And Lord, that we'd enter into the year with a stronger inner man. And so help us this morning, guide our hearts, our thoughts. Uh, our, our inner man may be strengthened as a result of our time here. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Each moment of your life, you are either moving toward the person that God designed you to be, or you're moving away from that person. We like to think that there's neutral ground in life, that we can just be stuck in neutral. But relationally, physically, and spiritually, that's just not true. Um, there is no neutral ground. You're moving forward, you're moving backward. When it comes to our outer man, the Bible says that it's perishing day by day, and we understand that. But the interior self... That's the part that's supposed to be growing stronger, but it doesn't always. And it's either deteriorating into something that is unattractive, or your inner self is being built into something that is uh, beautiful and, and more wondrous and, and becoming the kind of person that God designed you to be. 
this year we are going to maximize our moments or we are going to allow them to carelessly slip by. And if the truth were told about the year 2022, there was probably some of both. Probably some moments that we maximized and some that carelessly slipped by. And the goal of life is to maximize as many moments as we are able to. Building a strong emotional health is one of the most important things that you could give your moments to in this new year. This might sound a bit cliche, but let me start with this statement and then come back to it at the end. And by God's grace, we'll have some application along the way. So there's a statement I want you to keep in mind this morning. Your emotional health. Now, not necessarily your mental health or your physical health, but all those things would be tied together. But this morning, your emotional health is perhaps the most important aspect of your well-being and life satisfaction, your emotional well-being. Paul says in this passage that we're looking at this morning that it was his wish that the Christians to whom he was writing, in verse 16 he says, that they would be strengthened by his Spirit, the Spirit of God, and then he says, not in the physical body necessarily, but he says in the inner man. That that's important. He says that God's spirit would strengthen the inner man. What's the inner man? Well, for our purposes this morning, we're going to define it this way. It's your emotional state. It's your well-being. Paul knew this, that the inner man makes all the difference in a satisfied life. And that inner man, is it can't be stuck in neutral. That inner man is either weakening or it's growing stronger. And, and Paul says, this is my desire for you. I get down on my knees before God. I pray this prayer of blessing over you that God, through his spirit, would strengthen and grow and help your inner man. Okay, now, God can do that. But we have a responsibility here, too. And so what's Paul's challenge? Well, he writes this word here. He says in verse 18 that you may be able to comprehend. Comprehend what? Well, he specifically says this, the love of Christ. You need to know this morning, and I'm going to do my best to break this thought down, and this thought builds, so we're going to start at a very base level this, today. But you need to know this morning in your heart that Christ loves you. As Seth sang about it a moment ago. He has grace, He has mercy, He has immeasurable love for you. And His love is unconditional. It's not anything you can earn or anything you can do anything for. You have God's love with you today, right now, regardless of who you are and regardless of where you've been. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, even begins to highlight this for us, in that while we were yet sinners... And boy, that's a big word there. That's all-encompassing. We've fallen short of the grace and the goodness and the holiness of God. And while you were yet a sinner, and sinner defines all sin. Like it doesn't matter if it's the smallest sin or the biggest sin. It doesn't matter if it's that horrible person you read about on the news or the sin you committed in private that no one else knows about. It's still sin. And while we were yet sinners and all of that sin, Christ died for us. He loves us so much. 
There's an illustration that I read about in a book. It's not unique to me. It's, it's one that a man, Gary Smalley, used, but it helped me in terms of understanding this truth. This morning I have um, a singular dollar bill, but it has a 100 on it. So it's worth how much? Well, in American dollars, $100. In 2022, it was worth about, I mean, $20 maybe. I don't know, 2023, we'll see how much it's worth, right? It's supposedly worth about $100. Okay, this bill's in good shape. It was, it was in pristine condition before I folded it in half and put it in my pocket. Does the fold that I put in it reduce its value at all? Well, the answer is no. Well, what if I put a bunch of folds into it? Does that reduce its value? Who here wouldn't want a $100 bill just because it was folded? Okay, what if I do this to it? What if I just crumple it up real tight? Now, it's not as pretty as it was, but has it lost its value? What if I drop it on the ground? What if I step on it? Just really grind it into the ground. Now, it's still whole, and obviously this illustration has its limits. I'm not going to destroy, completely destroy, $100 bill, okay? <laughs> Is this $100 bill still worth $100? Okay, it is. No matter what I do, no matter how dirty it gets, and we know how dirty money can get, it's still worth what it says on the front of it that it's worth. See, we may sometimes in life feel worthless. We may feel insignificant in our eyes or in the eyes of another person. But no matter what has happened in your life, no matter how many times you've been dropped or crumpled or ground into the dirt, either sometimes because of our own fault and our own sin or because of life circumstances, your value, like the value of that dollar bill, it never changes. God loves you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what's happened to you or what you will do. God's love is not based on anything you do. His love is based on who He created in you and who He created you to be. This year you may or may not have set goals for 2023, but you don't have to to earn God's love. You don't have to work harder. You don't have to get better. This year you don't have to serve more. You don't have to dress better. You don't have to be kinder. You don't have to do more good. You don't even have to pass on his love necessarily in order for him to love you. He values you the same no matter what you do or where you've been. That's already been predetermined. You have inestimable value because you are the creation of the creator. And Paul writes this this morning. God's love isn't a small love. It's a great big love. And so he tries to describe it for us and, and to define it. And he says, I want you to try to comprehend this. And he uses these words, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of his love. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, if we go this way and this way and this way and this way, we go every direction. He said, it's just a great big love. And it's almost like and in Paul's estimation as he's trying to define how big God's love is. It's almost like he gives up because in verse 19, he just says the love of Christ. He says, it passeth knowledge. Like, like, like here's a really smart, one of the most educated men of his day 
his writings continue for thousands of years. And he says, you know, as knowledgeable as I am, I can't define it. It's just great big. And it passes knowledge. His love is so great. There was an old hymn that was written in 1917 called The Love of God. Recently, in recent years, groups like the Gaither Vocal Band, Mercy Me, and others have revived it. In verse 3, it says this, Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? And the author said this, To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though it was stretched from sky to sky. Paul makes sure that we understand this because this is a fundamental theological truth in the Bible that we need to internalize this morning. And it is this, God loves you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God died, he died for the world, he loves us. That is fundamentally true. And we need to start with that base understanding. That's theology and it's important. But it's also simply head knowledge that God loves the world, that God loves you. See, we listened to that this morning, and we can agree with that in our minds, but there is an understanding that needs to take place in the heart that moves us. Just because God loves you, and you know that in your head, doesn't mean you comprehend it. See, you can know something, but not necessarily comprehend that thing. Comprehend means to grasp. It means to fully take into oneself. Okay, um, we can go on the highway this morning. I got on 169, and I was up north, and I came south, and I can observe the speed limit. And I know that up north it's 70 miles an hour, then it reduces down to 65, and there's construction, it goes to 55. I can see the signs. I know what the speed limit is. And so do you, no matter what you tell that police officer. You know what the speed limit is. But comprehending the speed limit is something different. So I look at the speed limit and I understand that it's that number, whatever that number is. But when I comprehend it and I know, oh, this is a school zone. Or this is an important area that I need to slow down. And here's the reasons why. I comprehend why the speed limit is what it is. Someone else could get hurt. Someone could die like they do every day because someone understood the speed limit. They knew the speed limit, but they didn't comprehend the speed limit. It's a deeper level of understanding. So you can know Christ's love and that's good. But Paul says you need to go further and comprehend it. Why? Because your comprehension makes all the difference in the strength of your inner man. Would you comprehend it? Not just know it, but you comprehend it. All of a sudden, the inner man is strengthened by his spirit. It's the difference between having a weak inner man and a strong inner man. Is the idea of comprehension. You need to feel in your heart the acceptance, the warmth, the kindness, the goodwill, and the love of Jesus Christ. Here's our problem. We hear the message. We agree with it. We believe it. We appreciate the sentiment and all of the feels that it gives to us. But we struggle 
with being confident in the message. We don't take from the message the security and the strength that God intends for us to have. See, each of us has within us a voice that questions the love of God. And we listen to that voice, the truths that we tell ourselves or the, the falsehoods that we tell ourselves a lot more than we do any other voice. And we all have one within us. Christian psychologists state that most Christians do not experience God's love. Not that they don't know it, that they don't experience it, that they are absent of his power and they are absent of his fullness. There's a story that I read in a book this past year, and the book is entitled Healthy Me, Healthy Us by Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. And um, they've written a lot of marriage books, but this was a, just a really a good read. And he gives this story in this book, and I'm going to read from it for just a moment, if you'll pardon the informality of this, of this way of communicating. Les says, when I was a graduate student in seminary, he said a professor asked a class of more than 50 students, how many of you experience God's love? Then he quickly added, don't raise your hands on impulse. He said, think about it and only raise your hand if you know the feeling of being loved by God. And out of this room of students preparing for ministry, how many hands went up? Fewer than a dozen. Those who didn't raise their hands gave answers like, I know I'm supposed to say that I have. I know the Bible says he loves me, but I don't feel it. Some even admitted that God felt cold, aloof, and demanding, not loving. The professor wasn't surprised. It wasn't his first time to pose the question to a class of students. He followed it up with another how many of you have been conscious of God's love for you personally in the past week? No hands went up this time. He waited a couple of beats and continued. How many of you have been conscious of God's disapproval of you this week? He said hands shot up all over the room. These are ministry students. Guys that are committed to serving the Lord with their life. I know God loves me, but I feel his disapproval. He feels cold, aloof, and demanding. You see, the voice inside our hearts and inside of our heads says that our worth and our value are not determined by God's love. They are determined by what we do. They are determined by externals. They are determined by our performance. And we always end up believing, not what God's Word says, what theology states, but what we tell ourselves. And what we really believe is that our self-worth is determined by standards and by ethics. And we got to set these goals this year, and we got to hit these metrics, and I need to perform, and I need to be better, and I need to be kinder, and I need to do all of these things. And we think we have to do something to be someone. This year, I've got to lose weight. I've got to get in better shape. I've got to climb that ladder at work. We have to have a baby. I need to make a certain amount of money. I need to have a certain number of followers on social media or become a leader in order to have worth. But I'm going to tell you this morning, externals do not and they never will and they never can produce fulfillment 
and satisfaction and significance in your life. They do not strengthen the inner man. You cannot set enough goals this year to give yourself the kind of strength that Christ offers to you. One of the most important markers of emotional health. Paul would say a strong inner man is understanding, accepting, and embracing your personal significance. Not what you do. Not on your performance this year. But because God made you. And He loves you. And you have inestimable worth and value to Him. This is why comprehending God's love is so important. Because personal significance is not based on externals. And when you comprehend God's love, and Paul says, I bow my knees before God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom all of us are part of this family. If you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're part of this family. And he says, I get down on my knees before him, and I beg that he, through his Spirit, would strengthen you in the inner man, so that this, that you would comprehend, not just know theologically, not just have the head knowledge, but the heart application. His great big love for you. That you are important to Him and you are significant and valued because He defines you that way and He loves you like that. See, without personal significance, you and I become mired in insecurity. And insecurity brings us down. And it makes our inner man incredibly weak. We lack the confidence that God intends us to have in this life. We're uncertain and we're anxious. This lady, Maya Angelou, she wrote, you don't need another person, a place, or thing to make you whole. God already did that. Your job is to know it. Paul would say, comprehend it. Not on some dry theological level. On an emotional level, understanding you're significant to God. No matter what you've done, where you're at in life, there's a confidence you can have that He accepts you, that He loves you, that you're important, and you have incredible eternal significance because of that fact. See, we look in all the wrong places for our security and for our significance. The world does its best to offer these things to us. And it's not all evil or wrong. The problem with the world is it's synthetic. It's just not real. The world does its best to offer us purpose and value and inspiration, but it doesn't last. We see little inspirational sayings everywhere, and occasionally I'll walk with my wife through Hobby Lobby or Kirkland's and make fun of all the sayings. Best is yet to come. Make your optimism come true. If you can dream it, you can do it. It's hard to beat a person who never gives up. If you go on social media for any length of time, it's full of little quips and quotes. And again, I'm not against those things. Do they help? Do they work? Well, it depends on where you're at in life. And sure, they can give you a shot of motivation, and and that helps. But if you want a deeper and lasting change, something that really matters, you're going to have to have something more than an inspiration from a slogan or a quote. Inspiration has its place. 
but what comes from the outside, it's synthetic. It's an imitation of what is real. It's not wrong. Again, it just doesn't last for long. It's like a shot of sugar. It's great, but it won't last forever. It may help, at times be necessary. The Apostle Paul was dealing with deep truths here. And he is writing from a deep place. And he understood that lasting change, real satisfaction, deep significance, personal security, personal confidence, it's an inside job and it has nothing to do with metrics and performance and goals set. It comes from within. And there is a need inside each of us that can only be met by accepting and internalizing and contemplating the love of God and accepting it. It's His love and it's His purposes that fulfill us and fill us and give us a deep and confident sense of worth because it's built on a foundation of His love. And in verse 617, He says this, that you would be rooted So the idea is here, agricultural, here's a big tree, and boy, this tree's not going anywhere. Why isn't the tree going anywhere? Because it's rooted. And what happens to a tree when it's not rooted? She gone. He says that you would be rooted, and he says, and grounded, solid, like a firm foundation, rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. It gives you confidence. So here's this question this morning. How do you receive the greatest love of your life because God's love is so great how do you receive it how do you embrace your significance and experience God's deep love down deep within your soul well I would start with this if you want to experience your significance then you're gonna to have to fully grasp you are inadequate and always will be See, our problem is this. We keep trying to earn His favor. We keep trying to earn His love. We keep keep running on this treadmill of doing and not accepting. You can't earn it. He just loves you unconditionally. And when you grasp your inadequacy, then you can accept your significance. Why? Because your significance, your security, your confidence is grounded not in your identity or on anything you do, but in His love. Significance is received. It can't be achieved. People with true and lasting confidence that doesn't fade away, that they take with them, and it doesn't falter or fade have that confidence and that significance found in the accepting love of Jesus Christ and the love of His Father. None of us can earn the love of God. We can only experience it. We can only accept it as a gift of His grace. You will truly experience God's love when you stop trying to earn it and you just learn to accept it. God's never going to withhold His love. Regardless of who you are, what you do, what you look like this morning, the value doesn't change. You are important. You're significant. The value's the same, no matter what you go through or what you've been through. We are able, when we are able, 
to accept the significance. Everything in life gets better. Paul says this, that inner man, when we get to that place in our hearts, gets strengthened. You want to have a better life in 2023? I know I do. Accept the love of God. Stop trying to earn it. Relax. Realize He embraces you. Be confident in that. Paul would say, be strengthened in your inner man. See, what happens is this, worry begins to wane. and Peace reigns. You become less defensive because you don't need the approval of everyone else. You don't need the approval of God. You already have it. You're more caring, you're more generous, and you're more attractive for all the right reasons. Why? Because the inner man is strengthened, and this truth works its way from the inside to the out. Your relationships improve. Verse 15, Paul says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Do you know this morning, if you're saved and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a family. You have people to love and invest your life into. And when you accept God's significance and His love in this way, all of a sudden you look at your brothers and sisters in Christ with new eyes and think, I've got, I've got to make a difference here. There are people who need my love and need the acceptance of Christ's love through me. These relationships that you have already become rich and vital. You won't treat others the way God intends you to treat them until you internalize this truth. And Paul did. Paul had his ups and downs, and he had moments he, he, he wasn't necessarily in this vein of thinking, but he always came back to it. And he was able to get on his knees and pray a prayer. You talk about spiritual maturity. But he was able to pray a prayer for the inner strength of others. Where did that emanate from? From a strong inner man. Not based on circumstances. The guy's in prison. It was based on a strong inner man who had confidence and love in his heart because of God's love for him. You're strengthened, your relationships improve, and you're able to pray, pray, pray prayers like the Apostle Paul did for other people. Look, you can't give this kind of love until you accept it yourself. You will never be emotionally healthy and happy until you align your view of you with God's view of you. And instead, we take God's place, like these seminary students, and we twist God's view of ourselves, and we think He's cold and distant, aloof and disapproving. And because that's our view of God, what do we pass on to other people in our life? Cold, distant, aloof, and we are disapproving. And that's not who God is. First John says that God is love. He's accepting. He's warm. He's kind. He's loving. Doesn't mean He's not, he's not, not our Father and doesn't correct us and, and, and get on to us and chastise us at times. He does all that too because He is our Father and He loves us. But He's accepting and He's looking to love other people. Until we align our view of ourselves and see ourselves the way God sees us, we can never pass on the kind of love He intends us to pass on. See, the world is committed to the idea that self-worth is determined by achievement and performance. And so I subscribe to several magazines, Psychology Today, 
the Atlantic, other things that come to my desk. I read through. You know, the world's going to tell us this year, and you've already got a, a fair dose of it, I assume, from the news. Hey, here's the new goals for the year. Here's the performances. Here's the metrics. Here's the things you need to do to have a happy, healthier version of you. And I'm going to tell you this morning, those things aren't wrong or evil, but they're not going to last. What we need this year is a stronger inner man. We need to contemplate and comprehend, Paul would say, the love that Christ has for us. God is committed to the truth that your self-worth and your significance is determined by Him. So on what do you base your self-worth this morning? Achievement and performance or God's love for you? See, until we accept His love and until we experience it deep down in our hearts, we will forever be giving into the temptation of basing our self-worth on what we do instead of whose you are. So here's the challenge this morning. Don't just set goals for your circumstances this year. Set goals for your heart. Ask God to help you comprehend the love He has for you. This year, an appropriate goal might be this. Lord, I'm not going to just set a number of pages to read in my Bible this year. I'm going to set a goal of meditating and comprehending, Paul would say, and setting time aside to actually think about you. And, and I'm not just going to kind of check off the boxes this year. I'm going to say, I'm going to grow this inner man that I might be strengthened, Lord. And that I might not just be strengthened myself, but that I might have the kind of awareness and wisdom and knowledge that I would be able to pray a prayer like this for the people in my life that I love and say, God, would you strengthen their inner man too? This could be a year that we grow stronger from the inside out. And that's the kind of performance that really lasts. It's going to make us the kind of happier and healthy people that God would intend us to be.